It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, it's the 15th of September. This is the COB. You are just in time to hear Annette and I talk about the day in business <laughs> finance and a little bit of what's to come tomorrow as well. Hey, Annette, um, look, down by a quarter percent for the local market. Um, I, blame, I blame you for that. because Because the, the market troughed at 11 when I walked in. <laughs> it clawed its way back all afternoon and then you do the graveyard shift and it falls. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Look, it's 7,417. I'll wear it today. I felt pretty market neutral all day today in the wake of that US inflation read, which well, TD, you know, TD nailed it. Yeah. They've, they've had a couple of nails. This is my old shop, um, TD Securities. They nailed non-farm payrolls last month. Yep. They said it was going to be a big one. And they were below market on that core CPI read. We're trying to get Jim O'Sullivan, who is the US macro guy, on board. We'll try and find out what his secrets are. Mm-hmm. But I was just waiting for a better market reaction, to be mm-hmm. honest, because this is why I don't trade. Anyone would have thought core CPI a third of market expectations and the Nasdaq sells off. Yeah, I well, give up. <laughs> well, the thing is, I guess that, that markets in general feels to me anyways, and a lot of the conversations that I have right now, there's seasonality. There's also this sort of battle going on between what does inflation mean and lower inflation? Does it mean that we're seeing some of these supply bottlenecks improving Mm. does it speak to some demand destruction because of higher costs you know or slowing growth like there's just so many there's a lot of moving prisms which you could look Mm. at this type of data what we do know is the data is the data the fed is data dependent Uh, inflation takes a secondary if it's rolled over the transitory camp get to say i told you so uh, after five consecutive months of upside surprises, this is the first downside surprise. We have to say, although looking at a, a lot of people are saying the US data's rolled over, that's true. Sentiment is not happy with Delta mm-hmm. clogging up the hospital system. Business sentiment has also rolled over, but underneath all those business sentiment numbers is still c- supply constraints. Yeah. So I'm not yet convinced that we're seeing an easing of bottlenecks. That was in the small business survey that came out last night. Again, optimism actually improved marginally. It did improve. uh, But wage inflation pressure does remain strong. I think this makes the retail sales read coming up and the U.S. consumer confidence read Mm -hmm. on Friday really, well, not just interesting, but important. 
I think it might be more important than the CPI read. And, of course, next week, guys, sorry, we're going to be boring you to death with the FOMC again. It does mean we're not talking about Fed speakers this week Mm -hmm. because of the blackout. We are left to um, pour over the data. Tonight is New York Empire Index. That's always closely watched. And we have industrial production. So if there are bottlenecks, it will be reflected in that number tonight as well. So we've got plenty of data this week for the FOMC to mm-hmm. chew on next week. Yeah, absolutely. So US, we get industrial production. The UK, we get CPI. Not too interested in that, to be mm-hmm. honest. You, EU, uh, industrial production. But But really, let's talk about, before we get back to equities, now that we're on macro, let's talk about uh, what we learned here today, which was consumer confidence. Yeah, uh, to me, another surprise, I guess when you're in lockdown for how many weeks straight, we thought that uh, Westpac consumer sentiment would probably take another step down given the extent of the New South Wales lockdown. But no, Westpac really asked the right questions this month. They segregated responses um, according to vaxxed, about to be vaxxed or don't want to be vaxxed, which everyone has their right to exercise that. But the jump in sentiment of vaccinated people was astounding and particularly led by Sydney. And I would have to credit Gladys Berejiklian for changing the narrative and saying we are getting closer to opening up. And I think that was crucial for that pickup in consumer sentiment. Well, I know that I feel and felt more confident about mm-hmm. getting vaccines every time I hear that level creeping up, New South Wales today yep, at that 80%. 80% level. I mean, yeah, that that is the light at the end of the tunnel mm. that, that it, it has to be. And it has it's to be resonating. The That's the thing. It's, it's, it's easy to just say, oh, 11 mm. o'clock, no one's listening. But people are listening. Westpac measured it. And the fact that Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane all jumped for various reasons. But the bottom line is the vaxxed or the about to be vaxxed are leading the way forward. But so that means you have to deliver. You have to decide how we're going to live with COVID. And that's the next step because it sounds to me like people are ready and willing to go. My view today is I'm just thinking business confidence didn't fall. Conditions picked up yesterday. Now consumer sentiment is picking up. Could we actually get the snap snap back that everyone seems to be doubting right now? Mm -hmm. Well, problem being, we got some data coming from China today and we're seeing Delta infections rise in China and China is still taking a very COVID zero approach to eradicating the virus which could cause problems. I was just thinking about it in a very simplistic way today in terms of tourism. So we've got a lot happening in this reopening trade with Mm -hmm. travel. What happens though if Chinese tourists are not able to come to Australia because of course they may have mm-hmm. to say quarantine or if they're even allowed to come if they're quarantine even allowed. on their way back that means that Chinese tourism I mean this whole notion of we open the borders and we're going to get this flood in I think it's more likely we're going to be getting a flood out I, I digress anyways because we did have disappointing Chinese data coming through Yeah, today. we sure did. Re- retail sales was meant to jump by 7% year on year. Instead, we've got two and a half. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you can imagine, you know, commodity prices and sentiment didn't like that too much. Although I have to say the link between Australia and 
Chinese consumer spending is pretty tenuous. In fact, the production, the industrial production numbers were 5.3 instead of 5.8. So a miss, but certainly not to the extent of retail sales. So I think that was a little bit uh, oversold on, on the back of that one. What I guess is probably relating to what we were just saying before is China's no COVID tolerance policy is more and more ports are being Mm -hmm. shut down. So this idea that supply constraints are easing, it's certainly not in the shipping and container freight market. Those prices are astronomical year on year and even pre-pandemic. So I think we're a long way away from supply constraint easing conversations. Yeah, and that feeds into inflation, which feeds into the Fed, which feeds into equities, which, and that's why we talk about Here it. Here we go. Uh, That's look. how we fill our day. We have no trouble filling our day. Bloomberg <laughs> saying that Evergrande, so we've got a few watching briefs in China uh, after the close saying that Evergrande will not be paying its uh, its interest come, I think the day it's due is later this month, I think maybe the 20th. We've got China's market as uh, we're recording this par- uh, podcast down by um, about 3% in terms of the tech index, overall down pretty close to 2%. So again, there's some unknowns happening around China. Uh, listen, that perhaps is part and parcel what weighed on the big miners today. I mean, BHP, that is a pretty dismal performance that it put in today, closing down by pretty close to 3.5%, 3.45% on the CHI-X 200. Yes, iron ore prices, and Dali mm-hmm. and iron ore are coming under more pressure today. Uh, But, you know, um, it's starting to look interesting to some people around this $40 level. I just had a conversation with Jeremy Hook from TMS Capital who said it's really tempting when you see BHP at $40. And then he puts on his long-term lens and how the business is changing. It's evolving, yeah. Yeah, we've um, uh, quite a few brokers just reading the broker reports um, as we do here as well. And quite a few of them are still 50-plus dollar share price targets so to somebody $40 must be a bargain because we know BHP is divesting the anti-ESG embracing potash embracing lithium they're reinventing themselves but I guess the old holders of BHP who didn't like the London listing don't like change uh we they just need a new generation of buyers I think buying into the BHP story you can catch those interviews there up online uh, via the show notes. Speaking of lithium, we spoke with Jack Colreevy from Barclay Pierce Capital. You can listen to his views on lithium and, of course, the best performer today. But let me tell you. Yep, it still was the best performer by the end, up by about 9%, uh, was Pilbara Minerals. So it did really well uh, on that BMX, so the online auction of its sputamine spot sales so it uh, did really well today it was a stock of the day Annette so let's listen in to what Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial and Andrew Page from Strawman had to say about Pilbara. Demand is very very high for this commodity at the moment lithium prices have been doing very very well and Pilbara Minerals has been the best performer across the board in that space. By and large uh, we expect that long-term thematic to continue to play out in the short term there seems to be very very strong demand particularly from companies in China, who are basically mopping up these shipments before it reaches any open markets. So good place to be if you're Pilbara. They're in a very good sweet spot at the moment. But as always with these commodities, you've got to keep an eye on those underlying commodity prices. Um, At this point, we're probably a little bit cautious. We're holders, but we're not out and out buyers. On any significant pullback, we'll definitely have a look at it, though. Right. 
things are really just sort of lining up for these guys. One of the concerns I often talk about whenever miners come out is this supply-demand um, thematic. And though, um, look, at this point in time, they're still not making uh, profit, but um, in terms of their sales, they're on a price to sales of 40 for a miner. That seems uh, exceptionally high. Although what's what you need to note here is that they look as though they're just past this break-even point. Um, good quality assets, good thematic. Uh, as Michael said, you've got to watch those commodity prices probably a little bit on the XE side at this point in time, but yeah, credit where it's due. Pilbara's done a great job. So uh, it's a hold. I'd say that's a solid hold. If, if you'd like to, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's had quite the run. You've got yes, to say. Sure has. And gosh, Annette, we talk about lithium all the time on the channel. We've been talking about uranium a lot uh, this week as well. There's sure a few have. good interviews that you can quite listen a to there. Yeah. Talk, yeah. Um, but uh, so Pilbara Minerals was the best performer. The worst performer was AGL. It's a pretty sad times for AGL. It was down by yeah, more than 7, 7% today. Worley and Port points bet also getting hit. Um, look, we've got to talk about tomorrow. Jobs. We do the uh, the all important jobs report. Uh, it's a matter of how weak it will be. We know from the ABS weekly measure that uh, a lot of jobs were lost. We just need to disentangle those people who were employed but stood down as zero hours worked and we had this debate last month because hours work keep collapsing but some of it is because thanks to the schools not being open and childcare not being open people are taking unpaid leave to look after their kids does that mean they're employed or not so there's sort of lots of question marks here but look we know the number's going to be weak the market range minus 50,000 to minus 300,000. That's huge. It could be, so it could be a stick of shock. I'll be here, obviously, covering it live at 11.30 as it drops. The unemployment rate sank to 4.6. That won't last long. That will bounce back up and the market's looking for about 5 from 4.6 to 5. It depends on the participation rate. But this is all part of the RBA. They said the unemployment rate will have a five in front of it. As they told us again yesterday, they're looking through this number. So one thing that's interesting for the Aussie employment reports and GDP for that matter, they always manage to surprise to the upside. Mm -hmm. So let's see if that trend breaks. Yeah, all right. But so can I read into that that I know the headlines are the headlines and that's what we go off of. But, mm -hmm. I mean, we know that it's going to be volatile. So yeah. Not likely to move the dial it's too much in terms won't. of longer term expectations. It, it will not move the dial at all, given that the RBA and the government already expect it uh, and expect a dire number. I think we will just trade it. The Aussie might fade, uh, the Aussie dollar might fade briefly, but it'll just go back to the RBA aren't changing the cash yeah. rate for years. And that's still the conclusion. We get told that every time, every time the market gets excited about higher interest rates, the RBA smacks them back down and that will continue. Take that back in your boxes, I think, mm. what I said on air today. <laughs> just uh, you market people, haha. But Comic Lackis from Statewide Super had a good chat with him to end the day and he was saying, Ah, oh, you never know. Bond vigilantes. Maybe he's a mini one. But mm. he said that could uh, that could change minds. Uh, hey, listen, it was a good day uh, for plenty going on in the market in terms of macro. To summarize, we saw energy uh, materials coming under a lot of pressure. Financials as well, really. It was healthcare and infotech uh, that mitigated some of the losses as well as the A REIT. So we will see what happens tomorrow. Annette, let's go and get ready. Feet up. See you for 8.30 and see me at 11.30 for employment. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 